everybody, this is Mark with Low Marks Podcast. Back at it again. Back like I forgot something. Gonna talk today about angels, the angelic hierarchies, uh, according to Christianity. So you think of angels as a cute little cherub, little, uh, what's his name, Cupid. He's got the bow and arrow, cute little baby man flying around shooting people to be in love or whatever love mostly I guess but the angels as we understand them biblically transcend most of that they transcend human shape human understanding in most cases some of them are just tons of eyes like Argus I think it was the Greek myth Argus that had a million eyes or the thousand and one eyes whatever just spitballing right now at the moment, but uh, as we will get into it deeper a little bit, um, you'll see that there's actually three groups of three angels, three different kinds of angels, so you've got nine total angels and their functions, they vary from like the mundane all the way to like keeping the world from toppling over basically. So this is coming from the Christian perspective, uh, a little bit of older stuff from some guys with Greek-sounding names, and obviously I'm going to mispronounce some stuff, but that's what you come here for, right? Right? You guys are you're sticking around, you're listening? Of course you are, because you love the Low Marks Podcast. Um, be sure to like, share, review, five stars, all that good stuff, the, all those cringy podcasters and tiktokers and youtubers and all that the young people these days or the old people just the successful people i guess just uh like share subscribe tell your friends about it hit me up on twitter low marks podcast twitter uh, if there's a certain a certain topic that you want me to talk about or to look into a little bit i mean i'm all about learning here you never too old to learn you're never too young for a Vietnam flashback, so always remember that. Anyways, I'm going to get started. I'm going to start reading from my notes here. So, Christian angelology, angelology, angelology. Alright, let's get started. So, you've got the most influential Christian angelic hierarchy. Uh, it was put together by our guy Pseudo-Dionysus, the Aeropagite which is an early Christian theologian and philosopher who used the name of the original Dionysus in order to obtain authority easily. That's like if I'm writing a book about, I don't know, wizards and warlocks and demons, and I just go by the pen name Pseudo-J.R.R. Tolkien, or J.R. Tolkien, J.R.R. Martin. Anyways, if I just steal one of their names... Uh, and just go with it, just to get that that appeal. There was an episode of Nathan for You, um, really great show by the way, where he starts a, I think to get around some stuff, he he classifies it as an art exhibit, but he calls it dumb Starbucks to get around uh, all the Starbucks. I mean, he gets to use the the image basically of Starbucks, but since it's called dumb Starbucks, it's a parody. So he reached international fame and 
shut it down soon after, but it was it was just like a phenomenon because he he called us the place dumb Starbucks. So that's what our guy pseudo Dionysus is doing. He's just jumping on the bandwagon, saying, "Hey, I'm Dionysus Jr. Call me Dionysus. I'm just as good as Dionysus." So I don't think they're talking about the uh, the god uh, Bacchus, Dionysus, the debauchery god. Um, pretty sure there was just a, a pretty famous dude named Dionysus that he just jumped on his coattails. Anyways, so he, uh, in the 4th or 5th century, in his book on the celestial hierarchy, he starts to get into detail about the angels. Angels that I'm going to be talking about today. So, the angels are ordered in several orders or groups, or, quote, angelic choirs. Pseudo Dionysus, the Aeropagite, uh, his works drew upon passages from the, the books of the Bible, Ephesians and Colossians, specifically Ephesians 121 and Colossians 116. Uh, he used these particular verses to, de to develop a schema of three hierarchies of three types of angels, aptly named the first, second, and third sphere of angels. So you've got three groups. Three angels, three times three is nine. I can do that math. So, The first sphere consists of the seraphim, the cherubim, and the thrones. The second sphere consists of dominions or lordships, either or, virtues or strongholds, again, two different names, and powers or authorities. So you've got the second sphere, uh, the three groups. They're known by two different names each, so starting to add up a little bit and then you've got the third sphere more of the earthly closer to us if if you ever come in contact with an angel you would probably be most likely coming in contact with a principality or ruler an archangel or a regular angel uh, sometimes these are known as the guardian angels so getting into it a little bit more the first sphere the first sphere serve as the heavenly servants of the God of the Son incarnated. The, the first sphere serve as the heavenly servants of God the Son incarnated. So a little bit about the seraphim. Singular version is a seraph. 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 I think seraph sounds better. Again, forgive me. Pronunciation is not my thing. I've been reading things all my life. Putting them into words, it's probably a little bit tougher. I probably could have done a Google verbulate, Google talk talk to me, something. I didn't. Forgive me. Just give me a pass every single time, please. I'm begging you. So, seraphim. Translated means burning ones. They're mentioned in Isaiah 6, chapter, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. They are the highest angelic class in Christianity. And Judaism, it's got a different scale. They get into a lot more, I guess, specifics, or they pull from different. Um, they pull from different books. They've got extra literature. They've got the whole rabbinic literature to pull from. Um, Christianity doesn't. We've we've just got the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, a little bit of church fellows going on in the uh, early new church as it's established in the 60s and 70s 
AD onward, whatever, starting to uh, ramble. So, in Judaism, the seraphim are 5 out of 10. 10 classifications, somewhere in the middle of the seraphim. Anyways, they serve as the caretakers of God's throne and continuously shout praises of holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, if you're familiar with Christianity, if you go to church, if you listen to the radio, if you just happen to come across it, um, you, you get a lot of Christian songs that, holy, 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 no, that's not it. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the one who is, this. I'm sorry, I'm just droning on. Uh, you get a lot of songs that are that, that talk about this in particular, um, just repetition, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, he's, he's worthy of glory, filled with his praises. I'm just, again, starting to ramble a little bit. Uh, so the word seraph appears three times in the Torah and four times in Isaiah. The first two times in Isaiah, it refers to the angels. The other five times, it refers to serpents. Didn't get into that, didn't clarify that at all. I'm pretty sure it's probably clarified out there somewhere, but I happen to not clarify it. Sorry. So, what do they look like? What does a seraphim look like? Remember I said you got the flying baby man shooting arrows all the way up to the eyes, the eye creatures. So, the seraphim, they're described by Isaiah as having six wings, with two covered his face, two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. Once they cry out, one seraph cries out, carries out an act of purification for Isaiah by touching his lips with the live coal from the altar. So by touching his lips with the, the hot coal, it purifies Isaiah in his, his dream, his vision, uh, to where he's able to get this vision and carry on. Uh, he's purified within the vision. Um, maybe outside of the vision. Again, I'm, I was a history major, I was a religious studies major, but I don't claim to know much of anything about anything, but I am curious, but apparently I wasn't curious enough. So, you skip all the way to the end of the Bible, Revelation describes them as being forever in God's presence and praising Him day and night without ceasing. They sing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Again, you get that in a lot of Christian music also. Um, the account from Revelation describes four creatures with six wings, covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. So that's, that's a little bit of the all-seeing, the eye kind of motif. It goes on with angels. So you got the seraphim. Then you got the cherubim. What does a cherubim look like? They have four faces. So, one face is that of a man, one is an ox, one is a lion, and one is an eagle. Uh, later, later on, the church goes to adapt these faces, the man, ox, lion, and eagle, as symbols for Matthew, Luke, Mark, and John, respectively. They have four conjoined wings covered with eyes, uh, although Revelation describes them as having six wings like the seraphim. So, I don't know, I've never seen one of these, so I couldn't say one way or another, even though the artwork is pretty trippy sometimes. So, 
the cherubim, they guard the way to the tree of life and the garden of Eden and the thrones of God in Genesis and Ezekiel, respectively. So if you remember, if you knew, if you never knew, uh, Adam and Eve, they eat the forbidden fruit, not necessarily an apple. So they get kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and uh, cherubim are placed there as uh, like guards to keep Adam and Eve out. Um, so they're there, just uh, flaming swords, maybe. I might not be lying about that, but they're, uh, they're guards. Basically, they're they're guarding the uh, tree of life in Eden and the throne of God. So, they are mentioned in Genesis, Exodus, Chronicles, Ezekiel's, and First Kings. So, a lot of the Old Testament here. Uh, modern English has blurred the lines between cherubim and putti, P-U-T-T-I, which is the wingless human babies or winged human babies. Either way, I think they're just the the cute little babies that sometimes you see in in Christian artwork or church artwork, I guess, not necessarily Christian, but uh, religious artwork. There we go. So they're either winged or wingless babies uh, traditionally used in figurative art. Um, picture Cupid, those type of children, creatures. Um, so St. Thomas Aquinas, he was pretty cool, pretty smart. I guess he was cool, I don't know. Uh, he imagined Satan as a fallen cherub, so it, it never specifically said what Satan was as far as an, a specific fallen angel, just that he he was the prettiest and the bestest and the awesomest, but he got too prideful, and that was the fall for the angels. I, t I think he took a third of them with him when, when he went down to hell or to earth. Again, I'm, I'm good when I have the stuff in front of me, but when I'm just spitballing from the brain... Sorry. So, you've got the seraphim, you've got the cherubim, you've got the thrones, or elders. They're a class of celestial beings mentioned by Paul the Apostle in Colossians, New Testament. They are living symbols of God's justice and authority, and they have one of their symbols as the throne, as they are carriers of the throne of God. The Christian thrones are usually compared to the Jewish ophanim, ophanim? though there is little evidence to connect the two. They are unusual looking, even compared to the other celestial beings, plus they are said to be moved by the spirit of the cherubim. So they're, they're working together, these angels. They appear as blue, green, somewhere in between color, uh, kind of like seawater, and they're wheels within wheels. These are pretty cool to, to look up and see the artwork, because obviously we don't have pictures of them. People have never seen a throne angel, um, but their rims are covered with hundreds of eyes, getting back to the eyes, and quote, when they moved, the others moved, when they stopped, the others stopped, and when they rose from the earth, the wheels rose along with them, for the spirit of the cherubim was in the wheels. Holy crap, this this sounds like aliens, the, the cherubim, aliens, greys, reptiles, whoever, the thrones, flying saucers, maybe, I don't know, and they're moving each other sort of like Avatar, you remember Avatar movie with the blue people, they're, uh, the, the blue people are using the, the umbilical cord from the flying creatures to c control them, that's probably not right, I mean, that's, that's how I remember in my mind, but like, uh, whatever, I'm not, not trying to conflate religion with, 
with aliens, unless it's true, and you heard it here first, but also I'm not trying to be blasphemous. I don't know. Um, it's pretty cool to think about, but if you think about it too much, your brain starts to hurt, and it's when you start to get in trouble. So, Christian theologians who include the thrones as one of the choirs or groups, they don't imagine them as wheels, but describe them as adoring elder men who listen to the will of God and, pres and present the prayers of men. So, the 24 elders in the book of Revelation are thought to be part of this group of angels. So, in my mind, when I hear this, I'm thinking like, uh, what was it, The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time, where... God, I just have half memories and half thoughts of like so many things, but it's I th I'm pretty sure it's somewhere in there like the Temple of Time where it's like all these people who do they have parts of the Triforce? Do they are they on a council of something? Either that or I'm thinking the uh, the Council of Thirteen the uh, from Kingdom Hearts. Anyways, that's uh, that's just another half thought out aside um, so we're done with the first group you got the seraphim the cherubim and the thrones second group second sphere second choir whatever these guys well the first guys they're like the least connected to humans they're more worried about God work they're more worried about taking care of God doing the biggest jobs not on uh, boots on the ground, kind of like the angels, like the uh, guardian angels, if you will. So the second sphere, you're getting a little bit smaller. It's like the assistant store manager as opposed to the store manager. So these guys, they're a little bit more day-to-day, -day, but still not stocking the shelves, if you will. So these guys work as heavenly governors of the creation by subjecting matter and guiding or ruling the spirits. It's kind of dense, but they're uh, they're a little bit closer. Like I said, they're they're the assistant store managers, in in God Mart. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, so the first of the second sphere, you've got the dominions or lordships. These guys regulate the duties of lower angels. Okay, there's there's the assistant store manager. There's the, uh, the shift lead, whatever it is. It's with extreme rarity that the angelic lords make themselves physically known to humans. Extremely rare, but not impossible, I'm guessing. I don't think I've ever seen a dominion or lordship. They're believed to look like divinely beautiful humans with a pair of feathered wings. Only two wings with these guys. Much like the common representation of angels, however, they may be distinguished by other groups by orbs of light fashioned to their head or their scepters on the pommel or on the pommel of their swords. So they're basically what we would think of angels, um, but they they've got lights or buttons or crowns or something. They're 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 like angels plus basically. Uh, the dominions or lordships. Um, going back to the aliens, this could be your your Nordic aliens, the 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 pale skin, the white, the beautiful. Just I don't know. Pro probably stretching that that comparison a little bit too thin. But going on to the next, the second of the second sphere, 
and not that they're one, two, three, like one's better than the other, it's just the second of the three. Uh, you've got the virtues or strongholds. Now these are angels uh, through which signs and miracles are made in the world. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to expound upon that. Uh, moving right along. Powers or authorities are the third of the second sphere. So their primary duty is to supervise the movements of the heavenly bodies in order to ensure that the cosmos remains in order. So the, the rotation of the earth, the orbit of the, the planets, the sun in its spot... Uh, the stars in the sky, the asteroids, the comets, um, I guess Elon Musk's uh, Tesla Roadster uh, falls under their uh, jurisdiction now. So, these, the powers or authorities, they're warrior angels. They also oppose evil spirits, especially those that make use of the matter in the universe. And they often cast evil spirits to detention places. Um... Heck, what was it? It's, I think it's called the Law of One. The Raw Law of One. Uh, these people in like the 70s, they channeled a... Uh, supposedly they channeled the Egyptian god Ra. And Ra comes through these people. There's like one person who's acting as a speaker for Ra. And they're just asking all these questions. And apparently... Again, don't quote me like all kinds of information in my head that's just like half remembered that I'd probably be better off just going to look up but um, detention places so I think this channeled spirit which may or may not have been legit um, it said that Genghis Khan his spirit because he did so much he was great and in, in the sense of like power and accomplishment but not good or bad um he apparently his spirit got sent to like a nursery to be uh to be uh like rehabilitated so that's genghis khan and apparently uh hitler adolf hitler 1940s germany uh that guy apparently his he was also great not, not saying that he was a good or bad person. Um, judge not, lest ye be judged. But according to Ra, channeled through this person back in the 70s or 80s, it's, you can look it up. It's really interesting. Whether or not it's true, I can't say. But it's interesting. He says that Hitler, his spirit, his being, his whatever, he's working as like a male clerk in like Orion's belt some the I can't remember I, I'm pretty sure Hitler's working as a mail clerk or maybe it's the other way around maybe Hitler's in rehab and uh, Genghis Khan is working as a mail clerk anyways that was a long enough uh, aside to say to elaborate from the powers and authorities being warrior angels that often cast evil spirits to detention places um yeah, so look it up. The Law of One, I'm pretty sure. Um, moving on. The powers or authorities, they usually, they're usually represented as soldiers wearing full armor and helmet, having defensive and offensive weapons such as shield and spears or chains, respectively. 
They are the bearers of conscience and the keepers of history. They are the warrior angels created to be completely loyal to God. Some believe that no power has ever fallen from grace. That comes from Ephesians 6.12. Their duty is to oversee the, distri the distribution of power among mankind, hence their name. So, again, look into all this stuff. Uh, trust but verify, I would say. I I don't know if you'd trust me or if you're, uh, if you're even sticking around after all of my crazy asides, but whatever. Glad you're here if you're still here with me. So... That's the first sphere, the second sphere, and the third sphere. So the third sphere is is your your hourly employees, your your boots on the ground, stocking shelves, checkout lines at Godmart. So these are the angels who function as heavenly guides, protectors, and messengers to human beings. So they're not dealing with the, with God in his his throne or his uh, guarding Eden. Or the tree of life, uh, they're not dealing with the the stars in the sky. These angels are specifically dealing with human beings. Um, maybe uh, other small time alien life too. I guess it's probably me being weird again, but it, it's probably very egotistical to assume that we're the only life that God created and cares about. But that that's like blowing up my brain just trying to get those words out and trying to comprehend them. So we're going to get back to the angels again. Uh, so the first of the third sphere are the principalities or rulers. They guide and protect nations or other groups of people and institutions such as the church. They preside over bands of angels and charge them with fulfilling divine ministry. There are some who administer and some who assist. They're usually shown wearing a crown and carrying a scepter. Their duty is said to be to carry out the orders given to them by the upper sphere of angels and bequeath blessings to the material world. That's us. Their task is to oversee groups of people. They are educators and guardians of the realm of earth. So maybe it is just Earth. I don't know. Uh, so they are said to inspire living things to make things such as art and science. Paul used the term rule and authority in Ephesians 1.21 and again in 3.10. So that's where they get their names, the principalities or rulers. The second of the third are the archangels. The archangel. Archangel. Again, sorry, whatever. So the meaning uh, of archangel, gosh, angle, archangel is the chief angel or an angel of high rank. So I guess these, the first two groups of three aren't really best, middle, worst, I guess, but these kind of are. So the rulers are above the archangels who are above the angels. So this one is probably ranked. And I guess, like I referred to earlier, the Jewish tradition has ten groups of angels or more. And I think the seraphim will rank fifth. So, what do I know? Look it up yourself. It's pretty interesting regardless. So, the archangel appears twice in the New Testament. The archangel Mike Michael in Jude 9 
and quote with the voice of the archangel from Thessalonians 4:16. So Michael's an archangel, and there's a voice of an archangel. Maybe Michael, maybe someone else. So it's found twice in the Old Testament. Michael, one of the chief princes. Uh, from Daniel 10.13, which we can assume is the same Michael from the New Testament, and Michael the Great Prince from Daniel 12.1. So three of the four mentions of archangels uh, refers to Michael. So Christianity only recognizes Michael uh, as the only archangel explicitly mentioned, gosh, explicitly specifically mentioned as an archangel. And it, as it's only given in the singular form. So it's not like seraphim versus seraph. It's not archangels. Uh, the Bible only speaks of the archangel Michael. So Christianity only recognizes one. Um, though some Protestants recognize Michael, Gabriel, and either Abaddon or Apollyon. I think it's two, two names for the same guy. Bold of me to assume it's a guy. Uh, two names for the same creature, the same angel, archangel, I guess would be the most correct way to say it. Um, and all these, Michael, Gabriel, Abaddon, slash Apollyon, are from Revelation. In Roman Catholicism, three are honored by name. You've got Gabriel, Michael, and Raphael. The book of Esdras, which isn't in the uh, Christian Bible, it also mentions Uriel but was never considered fully canon by the Catholics either. So you've got some tangential literature, which may or may not, I mean, currently it's not recognized, but over the years it may have had more significance to the religions. Um, Eastern Orthodoxy, we're getting a little bit further from Protestant uh, Christianity, Christianity, Eastern Orthodoxy mentions thousands of archangels, though only seven are mentioned by name. You've got Selophil, Jegeldiel, and Barachiel, in addition to the other four from Catholicism. Gabriel, Michael, Raphael, and Uriel. So, last but not least, but kind of least, but not... They shouldn't be frowned upon or looked down upon. Angels. Angels are the closest to our level. If you see a holy apparition, maybe it's an angel, your guardian angel, maybe a ghost. Again, let's uh, let's try not to conflate too many things. Ghosts and angels and spirits and the spirit of Hitler and yeah, yeah. Uh, so angels, the quote plain angels. There's no Hebrew word specifically for angel though their word translates to English as messenger or envoy. They are the lowest order of angels and the most recognized. They're currently, while they are concerned with the affairs of living things, within the category of angels, there are many kinds of with many functions. They are sent to humanity as messengers. Guardian angels are part of this class. Quote, I don't know who's quoted this, but it's, it's, quote, angels are very important because they provide people with an articulation of the conviction that God is intimately involved in human life. Which is true, I guess. Um, God is omnipotent, omnipresent. Uh, if you believe all the, the great things about God, um, 
angels are, are probably more closely involved with the day-to-day running of our life. The, the, the words, man. Anyways, let me get back on track. Uh, so, disagreement among people suggesting angels have physical forms versus being completely spiritual. There's disagreement. Uh, some theologians propose that angels are not divine, but on the same level of immaterial beings subordinate to the Trinity. So they're saying that angels are like a, a spirit or a apparition or maybe, I don't want to be putting words into people, I don't want to be, be messing up the, the word, um, just uh, trying to add a little bit of flavor to it, I guess. Uh, Psalm. 8 verses 4 and 5 says you have made man a little less than the angels so that helps to set up the hierarchy of the first second and third choir of angels and then the the rulers the archangels and the angels so you've got a little bit of a hierarchy we know our plate well humans should know our place uh hubris is pretty bad uh, the Bible does not say when the creation of angels occurred, though Psalm 148, 2-5 says, For he spoke, and they were made. He commanded, and they were created. Just like the creation myth, the first creation, well, myth, uh, the first creation story from Genesis says, uh, God said, let there be light, and there was light, and then he rested on the seventh day after creating everything. Through the power of his word, everything was created, and he saw that it was good. We can assume the angels were probably created somewhere along that point, but specifically, I don't know. Maybe somebody did the math, checked it twice, um, but I didn't, and I'm bad at math, so, yeah. So, angelic interactions. Um, there were messengers to Zechariah for the birth of John the Baptist. Gabriel came to Mary to announce the birth of Jesus. Um, so, Zechariah and Sarah? No, Sarah was Old Testament. Zechariah, it was Mary, Jesus' mama's cousin. Huh. I should know this better. Just put myself on the spot without really thinking about it. Anyways, um, John the Baptist was announced by an angel. Uh, Jesus, obviously, was announced by Gabriel. Gabriel came to Mary. Mary the Virgin, according to the Bible, the stories, um, she was to give birth to the Savior uh, in the Christian faith. Um You've got angels coming to comfort Jesus after the 40 days in the desert after Satan's temptations. Um, Satan said, uh, turn turn this rock into food. Jesus said, no. Satan threw... He showed him... Golly! I feel like a, a, a bad person not being able to remember this stuff, but I am putting myself on the spot. Um... He showed Satan showed Jesus the uh, all the kingdoms of earth, and Jesus said no. And I think he threatened to push him off the tallest tower and said, "Angels come get you." Satan said, 
to Jesus for the angels to come save him. And Jesus was like, no, don't tempt God. But anyways, that's another story, which I'm talking about angels here. Um, so yeah, angels came to comfort Jesus after his 40 days in the desert. An angel comforted Jesus during the agony in the garden, the garden of Gethsemane, when he was... When he knew what was about to happen, he was about to be crucified. The Romans were about to come and arrest him. Uh, Jesus was praying so fervently that he was sweating blood. Um, there's an angel there comforting Jesus. And there was also an angel at the empty tomb following the resurrection of Jesus three days later. Um, so angels do appear at multiple points in the Bible. Um, if you believe you have a guardian angel maybe maybe grandma passed away and she was really close to you and maybe you feel her presence uh, that could be a guardian angel I don't know I don't know the, the science behind that or the religion behind that but I mean if it makes you feel better if, if that's one of your convictions I mean who am I to say you're wrong but anyways I have gone almost 38 minutes Talking about these nine little angels, not little angels, not trying to belittle them. Sorry, Mr. Angels. Um, really respect you. I like what you're doing. Uh, just keep on keeping on. But yeah, so that's the angels, the angel hierarchies, the the first group concerned with like universal stuff. The second, well, God stuff. I mean, God is bigger than the universe, you would think. Um second group talking about the celestial stuff I guess I guess that would be a correct or less wrong gosh anyways and then the third group dealing with the earthly stuff dealing with the the church and the countries and humans and stuff like that so hopefully somewhere along my incoherent babbling Maybe coherent. Who knows? Uh, hopefully somewhere along the way you learned something new, something interesting. Uh, you found something that you might want to go look up, look into, and learn a little bit more about and become a better person or a crazier person like me because of that. Um, I appreciate it if you made it all this way with me, uh, listening to the Low Marks podcast. Once again, I kind of hit on it at the start, please be sure to like, rate, review, share, tell your mom about it, I don't care, um, comments, criticisms, maybe not criticisms, I'm, I, I don't, I don't want to feel bad, you know, nobody likes to feel bad, but, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it, I appreciate your time and your, uh, continued listens, um, hopefully, Hopefully this has been a good one for you guys. It was, it was pretty cool for me. So uh, I appreciate you. And this has been another episode of the Low Marks Podcast. Thanks for listening.